Hey guys, Cable here, and this week's podcast is proudly brought to you by Kent Cartridge and Fast Steel 2.0. I started using uh, the original Fast Steel in college. It was the most affordable, but, you know, higher-end shotgun shell I could afford at the time, and uh, nothing's changed as far as the quality. It's only gotten better, especially with the uh, advent of Fast Steel 2.0. So, if you're talking about bang for your buck and a lot of dead ducks... Check it out. Fast Deal 2.0 from my friends over at Kent Cartridge. This week's podcast also brought to you by my friends over at Spartan Forge, the hunting app that is unapologetically patriotic. That's right. Veteran-owned and operated, Spartan Forge offers all of that great technology that is going to help you map out your whitetail property, uh, have success, or at least opportunity for success on a Western big game hunt, or possibly help you contact a landowner as well. It's got it all. Uh, Absolutely love Spartan Forge. And here's the cool thing. It's a fraction of the cost of the competitors. It's only $39.99. And you'll save 20% off that price with the promo code CABLE. That's CABLE, C-A-B-L-E, when you check out at SpartanForge.com. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Cable Smith, welcome in everybody into episode 645 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thanks for being here today as we are all set to talk a little hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks. Appreciate you dropping by. Uh, Today's format a little different as I am uh, actually somewhere in Wyoming elk hunting as we speak. Pre-taped this and due to logistics, we're rolling commercial free. No ads, no breaks. Just straight outdoor talk. Uh, And this isn't by any means the new format, but it is what we're going to do today. Uh, We'll be back to our normal five-segment presentation next week. Uh, So for the duration of today's broadcast, I've got a special guest. He is a former military intelligence, I believe. Uh, I think you can call him that, but... uh, He's also the founder of my favorite hunting app, Spartan Forge, and we've got a lot to get into. Some of it's not even uh, outdoor-related, but stuff I think that you might find funny or, uh, well, maybe even a little taboo, but Bill Thompson will be here, Um, passionate outdoorsman, joining us from somewhere in the Dakotas, I believe. So yeah, uh, without further ado... Let's get this party started. Bill, welcome back to the show, my friend. It's great to visit with you. Thank you. Uh, so, let's see, last time I talked to you, I was trying to figure out one of the functions on the on the app. It was very user-friendly and easy to figure out, but I was just being a dummy. And I called you, and you were at, you were at deer camp? Yeah, I was uh, out in North Dakota. We did the opener out there. Um, I think it's going to become like a Spartan Forge every year type of thing, but we did the... Uh, 
the whitetail opener, bow opener in North Dakota. And uh, yeah, that's what we were doing when the last time we talked. Anybody have any luck? Yeah, two guys killed. <clears throat> there were five of us, six of us out there. Uh -huh. um, and then a third guy, Johnny Stewart, he had a, uh, he had like a 150 that he sent an arrow under that's been haunting him ever since. Uh -huh. um, and I just had like a bunch of dink bucks the whole week. Nothing I wanted to kill. So yeah, um, uh, I'm, I'll be going back there probably end of the month. Uh, I purchased a cat, my father's cabin that his, my family, my father made a cabin when I was a kid. My father, long story short, died from cancer. Um, when he found out he was terminal, he spent his last few months. His dream was to build a cabin with his sons. So he spent the last few months of his life building this cabin from scratch. Oh, wow. Um, and he, it, my sister bought it uh, when it was sold. I was too young to buy it. I was a kid. Now I just bought it from her. So I'm totally refurbishing the cabin um, and going out there and doing work. So I was doing that out there during the whitetail hunt in North Dakota. I'll be going back there in a couple of weeks to do some more hunting and more work on the cabin. Very cool. That's my uh, favorite place to spend money. Yeah. Well, I don't mind reason. spending money there. <laughs> I mean, your dad built it. Uh, you yeah. said you were too young to buy it, but did you help build it? Uh, no, I, I was five when he died. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I was out there when it was being built. I remember. And then when he really got sick, all of the family showed up and was help, like helping trying to put like the finishing steps on it. So it looked mm -hmm. like a completed cabin, I suppose, before he died. And um, uh, so, yeah, no, I really didn't help then. And and then we rented it out to people and then my sister bought it. And uh, uh, she just recently I just recently convinced her to sell it to me. So awesome. uh, I, I just, you know, finished the paperwork here on it a few weeks back and been you know, putting a metal roof on it and regrading the outside and doing all that type of work. So I'm super excited. Been doing the work on it now, I should say. Yeah, that's awesome. It's uh, I mean, it's kind of like I don't have anything that substantial, but I have three of my grandfather's guns, which uh, kind of are, from a nostalgia standpoint are, are very important to me. Um, but that's pretty cool that, that you were able to acquire something that your dad built with his own yeah guns. i've literally got pictures of him using horses and a cherry picker that he built to stack the logs on top of each other and he got yeah. the logs from out in montana um on his old kenworth truck and so um he had like a 33 kenworth or 37 kenworth i can't remember what it was but i've got all those pictures and everything so yeah it's it's pretty exciting and uh it's kind of cool it's kind of like you know he i was five when he died so i really didn't know him all that well but when you start looking through and i was scared at first to see like oh man i hope i don't see like a bunch of cut corners or anything like that but um as i went through the cabin and i tore everything out and i basically went back down to the studs um on the inside of the cabin i was like surprised with the workmanship and how sturdy he built everything and then I, there was places where he had written on the walls of the cabin or when he was doing measurements and then like the year and that type of stuff that i was seeing and i was it was cool it was like you know yeah. getting to know him as an adult because you know, when you, in any capacity, when you meet people, you know, you always want people to not cut corners, especially with things that are important. So it was kind of cool to see that and see that yeah. he wasn't, you know, cutting corners and that the place was built well. And, um, yeah, it was awesome. Um, well, shifting, shifting gears a little bit, and this might even, this might be a little bit morbid for, for folks, but, uh, you just told me you were out of town and, uh, y'all had to put down your Husky and yeah. they, they, they did that without you and it wasn't the way that you would have done it and that made me think well I, I always told my wife so i've had two my first two labs you know one lived to 14 maverick he uh he, you know lived a, a great life and then bell i lost uh last december to cancer and i took her hunting 
the day before we put her down. And that, that morning she just woke up, she had a, um, a tumor in her nostril. And that morning was like, she picked up 11 ducks the day before had, a, we had a great hunt. Um, but then just, she just said, wouldn't stop bleeding out of her nose the next morning, sneeze and just blood everywhere. And I was just like, Oh man. And she's for, and she had done that a couple of times over the three months. They, when I, when they diagnosed her, like, okay, this dog has three months roughly to go. I was like, well, we're going to go out in grand fashion with a hell of a hunting season because physically she was still eating and she could still, still love to hunt. Uh, I took her on a crane hunt in West Texas. She'd never picked up a crane, uh, 11, 11 years old. The guy's like, I don't know. Most dogs, you know, they don't just figure it out. I said, this dog's special. She'll, she'll, she's got this. So, and she stayed in a layout blind with me for the first time. Uh, the first day she picked up like three and then the next day she picked up 22 on her uh, on her first crane hunt yeah uh and the guy was like do you want to put some some doggles like goggles for on her eyes um because these cranes i mean his dog the guy the outfitter's dog was wearing doggles and i was like no the the dog's dying of cancer if she loses an eye she just loses an eye (laughs) yeah Yeah. we're we're at the end of the road here uh let her go out with her boots on yeah so (laughs) i i told my wife and with the first dog i was like you know what i feel like i should be the one that does it and when it's time, which that day she told me it's time, I'm, I can't breathe. I'm ready to go. Um, and the same thing with the other one. I told my wife, I'm, I'm just going to take her out to the, to the lake where we've spent countless time, hours duck hunting and do it myself when she's not paying attention. Um, my wife was like, no, that will haunt you forever. You don't want to do that. And I was like, no, I mean, I, it's kind of like old yeller. It's, it's my dog. I should do it. Minus the hydrophobia, you know? Um, right. right. Um, and she was just like, no, you can't, I can't let you do that. Yeah. You actually, you actually did it. And I, so I was going to ask yeah. you like emotionally was, was my wife right? Or was it, was it the right thing for you? I, I, I don't, so this is going to sound like I'm grandstanding and I'm not, but maybe it's my way of rationalizing it, but I don't try to think about it in terms of what's right for me. I try to think about it in terms of what was right for the dog and what the yeah. dog deserved. Um, so it's kind of like with your kids, right? Like we bear burdens for our children in hopes that they won't have to, um, or we do things right. Or we, you know, <clears throat> you know, I'm trying to think of, of a different capacity, but it's basically just like, we are willing to do the things that we, we will do for our kids so that they don't have to, maybe it's, you know, yeah. running into a burning house. We'll put it that way. Right. Like we yeah. wouldn't let our kids do that. Or if one of our kids were in there, we would run in there and do it. And we want to bear the burden for other people. And I think it's one of the, <laughs> we're already getting political, but I think it's one of the things today that people, our society kind of abhors is that uh, is the function of men to bear burden and die. It's kind of what we do as a society. Mm-hmm. It's how we've structured our society. We go off to war and we die. And that's the way that the world should work. And we should also be the ones that get all the crappy jobs. Like it's why men mostly are fitted to do outdoor work versus indoor work and all that stuff. So in every capacity, I always try to think about how I can bear a burden. And for the animal that I loved, my, the burden was, no, I, I don't want this dog to have to go. And I don't judge people that do it because I certainly understand I'm not an ideologue. I understand the other side of the coin, yeah. right? Which is all the things that your wife was talking about and my wife talked about and, and my mother was talking to me about when I did it with my last dog, which was... Um, you know, it's going to haunt you, or this is not what you, you know, you're not, you shouldn't do this, or this is like a child for you. And, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't, my mother would be like, you wouldn't kill your own child and, and, and all of that type of stuff. But 
for the dog. A dog's not a child first, but secondly, um, I wanted that dog to not go into like a cold, sterile room with some stranger that gives them a pill to sedate them. And they put them on a table where the dog can void itself whenever they give it the, you know, the injection and just the confusion and, you know, dogs not knowing what's going on and all of that type of stuff. That all to me is far worse than me or what I did with my dog back in the day, which was um, I took him out to a place where he liked to shed antler hunt. Um, and, uh, you know, put pre, it was not the time of the year for shed antler hunting, but I put some sheds out there, mm-hmm. um, had him find some sheds and then gave him a stake. And, uh, and, and as he finished the stake, he, he got it to the back of the head and it sounds cold or it sounds mean, but um, he was sick and he had really bad hip problems and like cancer of the stomach and stuff. Yeah. And uh, he was going to die. And I would ra- that, that to me was like the most dignifying way to send this animal out that I loved. And, you know, it is an animal, but it's an animal that I loved and uh, mm-hmm. was a, a faithful, uh, you know, truly man's best friend. So um, that t- I was willing to bear that burden so that my dog didn't have to leave this world you know, being scared or, 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 um, you know, I wanted it to be as most as dignified as possible. So, um, while I was out of town this time, my, um, uh, you know, they called and said that, uh, the Husky was going to have to be put down, but essentially he got out. We have a backyard that's fenced in. He's was able to get out somehow every once in a while. I think when he would smell like a bitch or something uh-huh. was when it would happen. Cause it would only happen every once in a while. Um, and so most times I would be able to go find him and pick up. It only happened two other times in his like 14 years, but we, we went and would be able to go and find him. And then this time he got out again and uh, he was, I think 13 or 14, I think almost 14 maybe. And he yeah. just, and that's old for that type of dog, really old. Sure. And just, and I wasn't home, but he, I was in North Dakota for the opener. He just wandered too far and somebody found him and like, couldn't even pick him up. And then, uh, got out there the next morning and said, you know, verified that it was our dog and got him in the back of the vehicle, but he couldn't move and I wasn't home. So, um, they ended up taking him to the vet, but, um, again, you know, it's neither here nor there. And I don't judge people who don't do it that way. It's just, to me, it's the, it's the, again, it's the burden that I'll bear for my animals or for anyone else in my life that I love that, um, I give them the dignity and the respect that they deserve on their way out. And I'm not saying it's undignified or disrespectful to the animal, to yeah. take them to a vet. I'm just saying I'm trying to do as much for that animal as I can and make them feel as as dogs are dogs feel best when they're being used for performing a task. Like that's when they're in their zone. That's when they're happiest. That's what they've been bred for and trained for is to do things. So that to me is like if we can put them back in that space and then give them some good food and a good reward before they leave the world, I think that's a good way to do it. Uh, um and you know yeah. it's just that's the, that's that to me makes the most sense. And I know I'm 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 rambling on about this, but uh, that's okay because um, it's something that I like. I said I always thought that's how I would do it, and then my better half was like, "No, you, I can't let you do that." Yeah, and you know the first one we put down, and it was just me and her. The kids were too young to really. They they watched him eat his last steak, and then off we went. And I think my mother in law came over and sat with them, and we just cried our eyes out the whole time. This time though, all three kids, you know, they're nine, seven, and seven, and Bell had been their dog for their entire lives so they were there all of us holding her when when we put her down and it was so many tears from five people instead of two this time um i i didn't feel i felt like that was in in her going hunting the day before like you put those sheds out for your dog 
Um, but I always felt like this part of me was like, it was my burden. Like you said, for the dog, maybe that's a good way to put it. Like, this is my cross to bear. This is my best friend. Um, yeah. Again, I think, it, yeah, I uh, think that's, I think that is our, I think that's on us like as men. And I'm not it's saying not easy though to take that. them to the vet though. I got to say like, you're going to cry either way. <laughs> like there's no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You are going to cry either way. And I don't have any like bad memories or like any, you know, what someone might call like PTSD about it or anything like yeah. that. But I do find myself telling, telling myself, this was the right thing to do yeah. and it sucks doing the right thing sometimes. And I'm not yeah. saying it's, I keep saying this, I don't want to offend people that took right. their, like, Hey, I took my dog to the vet and it sucked and it was horrible. And I didn't want to do that either. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. I mean, you know, yeah, what's the crazy though? option is just to let them die, you know, of natural causes. Oh, that's yeah. That's not even an option. The dog's suffering. Right. can't, can't function. Like, yeah, that that's our cross the barrier either, you know, regardless of how it happens. But what's crazy is that in 2022, you have to almost like, I knew this is kind of a touchy subject, but justify to people like why you did that. Like, uh, yeah, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, it's taking their sick dog to the vet to put them down. Yeah. You're getting a 22 yeah, bullet in the back of the head. And that was yeah, not considered like, oh, you know, you, people might be like, oh, Bill's crazy. He killed his own dog. No, that's just the way the world works. And it, oh, you think about it in a third world country, they're, they're taking their dog to the vet. They're not even taking the dog to the vet to diagnose that it has any cancer. They're like, oh, the dog is sick. Eh, I know how to fix that. I'll, I'll do you one better. In the southern Philippines, I was deployed out there with the first special forces group um, back in like, I think this is 2011. They eat their dogs when they die out there. Oh, here's my cancer yeah, so, dog. Gross. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, I don't know if they eat the cancer ones, but a couple of times I ran into people um, that, you know, it's very common down there for like once the dog's lost its function as a, you know, whatever it's part of that place for yeah. trying to remember what the terms were and i'm going to jack them up or somebody else might be like no you're using the wrong term but i believe it was called a barangay mm -hmm. but we went to a place where there was a barangay who was like the mayor of a small village that was on an island so the whole southern philippines is an archipelago and i believe that we went to a place where they were actually eating the dog one night like that they put down the family dog or shot it or whatever and then they ate it because it was like out there they they don't have a they're not going to waste the meat. <laughs> you know, they don't have right. the, um, the ability to do that, which is crazy to me. And that was a cultural shock to me, you yeah. know? So, oh, yeah, I can't imagine eating my own dog. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, interesting conversation to say the least. Um, <laughs> there's nothing worse. <laughs> there, there really is nothing worse than having to put down your, your best friend. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you want to um, see a, you want to break a man down. That's, that's how you wait. Tell me that my dog has cancer. You'll see it. Yeah. Isn't it funny too, though, how I've got, you know, I, I know military guys that I've lost friends along the way. I don't talk like, I, I, of course they were very important to me, but they were, they weren't family or I wasn't super close with them. I can talk about them without getting emotional. I can talk about my father. Like I just did with getting emotional, but if I sit here and talk long enough about my dog, you will see me cry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's, like, let's, let's talk about something else before you both yeah. of us start crying. Um, so as far as, uh, Spartan forge goes, uh, you have a, a, a military background and I, I don't want to butcher your area of expertise, but like data collection or surveillance, what, uh, some combination of both, all of it. So really I, I joined the military, um, and started in signals intelligence, which is just like the collection of like externals. So you could think of that as like whatever there's many different disciplines in the military mm -hmm. they collect radars where they collect communication devices where they collect 
any type of electronic communications or non-communications. So you could think of that as like telemetry data or data about data or metadata, any of that stuff that it gets collected. There's a job in the military, collect that data. I started in signals intelligence uh, and then I went into other disciplines that I won't belabor your listeners with. Uh, but then I, the, 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 the high points are signals intelligence, human intelligence, which is like traditional source work, like mm-hmm. that type of thing. And then, uh, and these are all things you can Google on goarmy.com. So I'm not saying anything that's, 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 uh, that's classified. And then the last thing is cyber, what they're calling um, information operations, which is like on net operations concerning cyber. So um, it, computers, computer metadata, things that travel between computers, modeling, simulations. Um, and then my focus or my area of expertise was offensive cyber, which is like, how do I break a computer of an enemy so that they can't, you know, commit a crime or an injustice or, mm-hmm. you know, execute an operation. So that, those were my three major um, job thrusts in the military. And most of it was support to combat operations first on the traditional and then what you might not what you might call non-traditional or people call special operations or special missions units and those types of things i did that for about 10 uh, 10 or 12 years there was kind of a point where i was supporting both and then i went to the non-traditional realm mm-hmm. um so i did that for 10 to 12 years and yeah the whole time i was doing that type of thing there's just it's a targeting problem and hunters and the military are both trying to solve targeting problems and get better at doing targeting and so as I was developing a lot of these things for the military, which I did first as a user and, 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 and changing little things here and there, but then as an actual developer where it was my job to build the next generation of capabilities that soldiers would use, both in, you know, in every space in, in those realms I talked about before. Yeah. I was, you know, at one point advising a general officer on like a $3 billion, $4 billion program for the development of this type of stuff. And making sure that it was things that the soldiers could use and it could employ in the in the current fight. And uh, as I did all of that, like as I said, it's a targeting problem, and there were a lot of parallels with hunting. So as I was developing things, I was writing down in like a little green notebook that I carried around, like a little any military guy would recognize it, but it was like a little green book that you could get from like your supply shop that would say notes on the front. Mm-hmm. I would keep one for military, then I'd keep one for at the time I was. I didn't really have a name, but it was just all of the hunting stuff I want to build when I get out. So I would solve a problem in the military and I'd say, hey, this solution also would work for hunters. So mm-hmm. isolating and solving for that type of thing is what I started doing. And then my plan was to kind of like slowly transition to it when I got out of the military. COVID sped that up because, you know, there was like a six month period where nobody went to work. So I was able to do my little military duties here and there and uh, spend the rest of my day starting things for Spartan Forge. Yeah. So, so that's kind of my background. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, and thank you for your service, by the way. So hey, thanks for so, patriotism. I appreciate that. Um, it's in short supply. I say that back to everybody because you don't get that statement as many as much anymore. Especially if like you're in a bar or somewhere, some you know where there's a bunch of people who are smarter than you, or think they're smarter than you. They'll be like, "How could you serve in the you military?" Mean, you mean Democrats? <laughs> yeah, those two. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no offense to I mean, any, any Democrat not... that's listening, but there... I, you know, I talk about like I'm thinking about my conversations on a recent fly fishing trip with my brother, 
who's on the other side of the fence. I have two brothers. One's on the side of the fence with me. The other one's not. He doesn't hunt. We got to talk about like, that later. Yeah. Uh, and then some of some of our other lifelong friends of mine. And I'm still friends with them and we'll always be friends with them. But we do not see, you know, we don't see the same way. We don't see the world the same way. Uh, that that AR that's back there in your uh, in your room, oh, like they, they don't sorry. understand why you, you need that. And I'm just like, then then you, then we, you really you're the part of the problem. If you don't know, if you think that the government is here to take care of you and that they're trustworthy, then I think this is where the conversation ends and we can just agree to disagree. Yeah. And I always say to them, the moment that you stop paying your taxes or what they think you owe them, they will send men with guns. Now they will. Yeah. <laughs> now we got right. 87,000 well, I mean, new IRS will. agents. Well, they all, they always have, because they'll send IRS agents first with a notepad. But then when you refuse to give your stuff up that you've worked for, then they'll send men with guns. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that undergirds any system is people willing to com to comport and do violence on behalf of the system. Like our, our whole, you know, I, I would remember getting in, in, in arguments with teachers in my son's school. They'd tell, they'd say something stupid like violence is never the answer. Like, no, violence is the answer actually most of the time. Right. And, and they'll say, well, what do you mean by that? And I'll be like, well, when you violate an institutional or an interpersonal norm, uh, what undergirds it is if you don't get in line, somebody will get, will get violent with you. If you drink and drive, a cop will come and get violent with you. If you resist arrest, if you rob a bank, someone will get violent with you. Mm -hmm. um, it's 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 abstracting that violence away and and promising that it will come is what keeps people mostly in order. And and I don't think people on the on the I don't I don't use the left and right thing because like you, I have a brother who's also a huge lefty. Yeah. And which is what I think is interesting. There's like a Cain and Abel thing there to me or not Cain and Abel, but like Thor and Loki, like you're two different yeah. polars of the same person like your yeah, father I'm, I'm, unlike cain and abel i'm not going to kill my brother so yeah right yeah. <laughs> and hopefully he doesn't kill you but what i'm saying is there's like this they're, they're diametrically opposed right they're two yeah. different things they're brothers you're, you guys are genetically very similar mm -hmm. um but you're you hold different views but, but the point i was making about that was um now i've lost my train of thought but that's but okay. essentially Violence you know, my brother and I, like you said, we are, we are, we have the same DNA. We, we, we love the same music. Like our bond is, is music and sports. And yeah. so, I mean, we hang out all the time. And yeah. Sometimes we talk politics, sometimes we don't, but there, it never seems like any progress is made when we do talk politics, but. Uh, well, there's the left he, and there's the right. Right. Yeah. And to me, what I was going to say, and I just remembered it now is I don't break it down in terms of left and right, because I have friends that are lefties. Like one of my favorite people in the world is like, a very lefty Jewish guy from New York um, that we all debate everything, but we all have productive conversations. And what unites us is that we're both oriented towards discovering the truth. Yeah. Right. So, so that guy, he, what he won't do is it, there are norms. Like even today, people would call him like a wide eyed conservative, but if you were to look at JFK's values and principles, he would be part of the mega right today. He oh, was yeah. a second amendment proponent he was a member of the NRA. He believed in individual autonomy. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Mm. All of those things today would classify you as like ultra mega or whatever mm. they call it. Um, but but how I classify people, my pollers are people that want to be left alone and people who won't pe leave other people the hell alone. Exactly. And that to me is a more useful 
um, uh, uh, juxtaposition of our current polls. How is that AR people... back there that's in your picture right now in this video? How is yeah, that yeah. affecting someone else? It isn't. So leave it me the hell be. alone. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the only way it will affect you is that if you if you violate one of those um, interpersonal or social norms that forces me to manifest violence in order to keep you from hurting me, my property or my family. Right. Uh, that's right. the only way that you'll be on the business end of that rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it blows the, my mind. It, it blows my mind. The left, though, um, it's changed a lot. And I think that the re- like my my grandfather, staunch gun owner really conservative family family values uh baptist uh he was a democrat and the reason why he was a democrat is because he was he was a plant manager at a a cement plant in houston for 30 years and so he's a big union guy right that that's not today's democratic party just like it's it wasn't jfk's uh and and there are wonderful people like my brother's a great person and it sounds like your friend from new york probably a wonderful person um but they, their party's been hijacked by the by the, the minority and the, the extreme minority, and they want to push it on everybody. Like, I don't really care if you want to transgender. Just don't teach it to my kids. If you want to do it at 18, if my kid wants to do it at 18, I'm going to be like, well, I don't really think that's the best thing. But if you're 100% set on that, you know, uh, I'm still going to love you. And you're, an adult you're still now. going to be my child, and it, we'll, we'll go on from there. But don't don't teach it to them at seven years old. That's the big yeah. difference. Like I, I just got in an argument with a family member about this while I was on vacation just a few weeks back. Um, you know, she was basically telling me that I was part of the problem because I had told her I'd dan- cancel my Disney Plus account mm-hmm. because Disney had released some Zoom meetings where they were saying that they were going to make sex and gender key- a keystone piece of all of their art. Everything that they're putting out as a company would involve sex and gender yeah. and 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 um, gender LGBTQ priorities. So okay, so my 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 thing there was uh, okay. Then you're no longer producing art; you're producing propaganda because yeah. you're making your art fit into a certain uh, thing, and you're making your art say something. And artists should get upset about that. Artists should be like, "No, my art's going to say what my art says. I'm not even sure what my art says." So I sure as hell don't want you to say what my art is going to say. So, but what she said was, well, you're basically part of the problem because um, your, 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 you know, your daughter should, your five-year-old should have no problem being exposed to like a same sex couple. And I'm like, look, I just wanted to, to, nor- to learn normal peer dynamics before we start teaching. Like I want her to learn math before I teach her algebra. Yeah. So let's just get her to understand that a man and woman is kind of what's natural. And that's how we propagate the species. And that's what's normal. And that's why, you know, Prince Charming wakes up the beauty with a kiss and what that all means. Let's get her to learn all that stuff. And then we can layer on the other stuff later, as long as it's part of so that she can deal with it, as long as it's part of the narrative of the art. But when you're changing the art, you're now a propagandist. You're 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 Goebbels. You're 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 saying something is absolutely what is and you're not leaving anything open to interpretation or other people's that used to be a leftist ideal. Right. Like I'm a left. I'm actually an old school lefty in that if like, I encourage everyone who thinks they're conservative to watch like Bill Clinton's 1996 um, address to Congress, where he's talking about what he's going to be doing for his next four years. I believe it was 96. Uh, it, he sounds like he was like border security. Um, 
uh, school. Uh, oh, I saw a video of Kamala programs. Harris yesterday saying that the border is secure. Don't worry about it. It's secure. Oh, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. What like, about the two million the folks that have come in since, uh, yeah, since Biden went into office? Yeah. Border secure. And then she blamed it on Trump. She blamed it on Trump. Yeah. The border mess is because of Trump. It's like Trump was trying to secure the border. You guys prevented him from doing it. Yeah. So I'm a 1996 Bill Clinton Democrat. And mm-hmm. if, before anyone judges me, I I would say, challenge them to go and watch his State of the Union address where he focuses on border security, fo- focuses on school. He fo- focuses on um, getting rid of the national debt, which right now I don't think we'll ever escape. No, um, I don't know how we get rid of 20 some trillion dollars of debt. Um, we, we're basically people always they, they complain about slave labor and complain about slavery. And that's a whole different discussion. Um, we are. We are we are enslaving our youth with a debt that we will never pay by the amount of money that we are sprint, um, pay, um, um, spending and printing. Like our kid, our kids are going to have to pay off things that we're paying for now because we are voting this debt into office that you and I will never pay off. Yeah, it's for our kids to pay off. And if they don't pay off, then they're going to be the ones they're going to have to suffer. So really, we we've we have levied a tax burden up, uh, upon our youth that that. Um, they had no right. They didn't vote for. It's indentured servitude in the in the strictest terms of the word. We're literally saying, "Hey, kid, you've got 40k of debt now because we decided to print all this money, and you're going to pay for a bunch of degrees for people because we decided to print all this money. And oh, by the way, I'm not paying it off. It's going to be paid off by you, and you had no votes for it. You had no right to it. You had nothing. So what is that? That is slavery. So." I can well, go, I can rally know, on about this all the, day. <laughs> the thing about like my kids or any any nine year old boy, my son's nine. He doesn't know girls exist yet. He's in fourth right. grade, has no idea. He cares about soccer. Looking at the trail camera images of which buck he, that his dad might let him shoot this year, and maybe getting on his uh, his phone to play a game with his buddies a couple times yep. a week. That's what he cares. Which is about. what he should oh, being be out, doing. Oh, and riding his bike. He likes to be outside in the neighborhood, doing boy stuff. Is it? I don't need school to teach him about stuff that I'm not even teaching him about yet. It's the time has not come. Like you said, right. it needs to. You can't disrupt the order of things. So you're not going to teach algebra before you teach basic arithmetic. Right. Uh, exactly. But they're dead set on pushing that. All right. Moving on. Uh, back to let's talk a little hunting. And Spartan Forge, the, I guess the main question I have, and, and I've been using the app for probably six to eight months now, what's, what separates Spartan Forge from Onyx and HuntStand? What's, what makes it better than the competition? I would say principally... Because we're kind of, you know, we're, we're late. We're, we're not, well, we kind of, I mean, we're, we're third to the party here. Yeah, Facebook came after MySpace, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but... What I would say first separates us is fundamentally is our ethos as a company, which is um, we won't do business with people that we think are heads. We are trying to build a quality product that's centered around the hunter. And we uh, are unapologetically American, as you as anybody who's been listening to me ramble on here for the last few minutes. Um, and we are going to keep that th- that those three things at the forefront of our company as we move forward. So, you know, if people can do their own research on a company like Onyx, um, a lot of people don't know it because they don't do the research, but you know, they took money from a guy, their investment round took money from a guy named Stephen Burke 
Stephen Burke uh, worked for NBC, Comcast Universal as the president for many years. He oversaw MSNBC and NBC uh, running the most anti-First and Second Amendment programming in the history of the nation. Mm. Uh, and, and that and he was one of the investors in Onyx. And you can see after he invested, then Onyx started coming out with like Onyx trails and Onyx hiking and Onyx four by fouring. They were trying to diversify into a space that they uh, outside of hunting, because what happens with a lot of these hunting companies is they make it big and then they hate where they came from and they want to get into other spaces. You you yeah. kind of see this with like Yeti and other companies where um, they get big and then they no longer focus on what got them big. Like my grandfather always said, dance with who you came with. Yeah. So, you know, if the hunting industry makes you big, you ought to, you know, stick with that. And Onyx really hasn't been updating or, you know, they've done a couple things like 3D maps. We'll be releasing 3D maps in like a week. Um, but they, the, but that wasn't built by them. It was built by Mapbox. So when you open your Onyx app, in the bottom left corner, it says Mapbox. Map, mm. Onyx didn't build any of that stuff. It was built by Onyx or by Mapbox. Then we implement the code. That's the same thing we did. But uh, secondly, with Steve, this guy, Stephen Burke, um, he was also the guy that did all the cover up for Weinstein. This is all stuff that you can you can um, research yourself and look at, look at online. But when they were trying to report on Weinstein uh, and the stuff that he did to all of these women, uh, the raping and the whatnot, uh, he was the one who was calling in and saying, no, we're not going to run that story. Or, no, we're not talking about that. And you can see the reporters at NBC saying, like, why are we not talking about this? Or why does corporate not want us talking about this? So that all came to light like a few years ago, and then they got rid of him. I would say foundationally, we're not any of those guys, and that would never happen in this company. Mm -hmm. So foundationally, I would say that's first what makes us different. It seems like now, a back, lot of a lot of companies in the hunting space within the last five years have taken money, taken uh, financial investments, and even in donations in some cases from people on the complete or or businesses on the complete opposite end of the spectrum from what what a hunter a gun owning hunter fundamentally believes like i i don't understand it like i don't, I don't you know what i mean it would be when like patagonia's like patagonia's ceo is vilifying mountain lion and bear hunting then you as a hunting organization shouldn't be taking money from yeah. an entity that is anti-predator hunting because that is anti uh conservation and it flies in the face of our north american model of sustainable use like Yep. You don't get to pick Absolutely. and choose. You're, you're nope. either pro hunting or you're not. Yeah, and I you always say, it, you know, the worst hunter, Bill, the worst hunter is the one that says, I'm a hunter, but. Right. But but I don't like that you do that thing. It bothers yeah. me. Well, then you know yeah. what? You don't do it personally. If that yeah. if that goes against your personal ethos, don't do it. Like, I've never uh, I've never hunted deer with dogs. I never have. It's not something yeah. that I've like I'm saying I wouldn't do, but I've never done it. But guess what? I know people that do and that are going to do it this season. And I would never tell them they can't do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it, it would be like you and I trying to start a church and then we're taking money from the satanic temple. Right. <laughs> it's like, and I'm not saying that they're satanic, but what I am saying is, is that you're trying to further your company using the money and the sweat equity of people that are in total opposition to what you're trying to do. So, yeah. so again, I mean, I could talk about this all day and other companies like Meat Eater and other people that have taken money from groups that are not first and second amendment. And I know a lot of guys, they get mad whenever I, you know, because everyone's got like their golden cow. So, you know, some people work with these companies and they're like, well, we don't want you to bring that up or whatever. And it's like, okay, well then I know who you are and what your principles are. 
Um, oh, and you're, my and, main and, one is BHA. Like I think they're the biggest yeah. fraud, and like I can't stand them. I, yeah, just absolutely and, and, think and, they're. And I know personally from someone that he was on, on staff there. I know what the the head of that organization is about, and right. it isn't good. Yeah, it, it, it's also like you know if people people want to find out who they work for in a company structure or in a personal structure. Actually, it's just. Think about who you're not willing to talk crap about when you know they're doing something wrong and that person is is your master. They're in charge of you. So when mm -hmm. someone's like, well, I don't want to talk about these people, the churning group or this or that or blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, then you know that you're taking money from an anti-Second Amendment organization and you're going to use that to prop up your own business and your own bottom line. So just as long as you know that you are a mental prostitute. Uh, then we're good to go. Like, I don't care. I'm, I, I, we're, I, I don't need to deal with you. But um, so fundamentally, that's kind of what's first off different with Spartan Forge. Just, I, I, I'm, I'm 39 years old. I know what my principles are. I know what I believe. Um, sure, things change a little bit here and there, but I have my founding principles as the founder of this company. Um, and then, so that's kind of foundationally what makes us different. But then secondly is, is that we're not a mapping company. Um, Spartan Forge, yes, has a map. But I think anyone who uses it and kind of sees what updates we've come out with and the things that we're doing, we're, it's more accurate to say we're a machine learning company mm -hmm. because we use machine learning to build our maps. We use machine learning to do our, 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 our image recognition and categorization. We use machine learning for our artificial intelligence that does predictive deer movement. Um, we, we, we do all of, we're, we're a I guess the best way to call us is we're a planning application for planning, for planning and executing a hunt. So when you go dive into the application, we're not just giving you a map with some overlays and some layers. Layers and overlays are commodity data. Everyone can get access to it. Anybody on your podcast right now could start a Mapbox account up and within three months or six months have everything that an Onyx or a Hunt stand offers. There's, there's nothing there that isn't commodity data. At Spartan Forge, what we're doing is we've got 2000 years of collared deer data. Um, we've got an artificial intelligence that does predictive models, not to tell you when or when you shouldn't hunt. It basically tells you how the deer, what what aspect of the deer's bedding or 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 core area or range that they're going to be in on a specific day. So that when you have the time to hunt, you can tailor your hunt to it. That's an artificial intelligence that's got about 2,000 years of collared GPS data on it, and that collared GPS data does that prediction. Uh, we have journals in there for observation data where you can categorize either, maybe you have a deer picture that you, uh, or, a, or a trail camera picture, you can add it to your journal and you can get all of the weather from that day. Or if you have an observation in the field, you can add it to it. And we're, we're stacking more stuff on top of that journaling feature, but it starts with the journaling feature. And then we have the historical imagery. So you can, uh, for about 40% of the US, we have between three and eight years of high res historical imagery. So you can see how the train has changed over time. Mm -hmm. There's other companies out there that offer low resolution stuff. I mean, that's super um, beneficial from like you're planning a, a backcountry hunt in a, you know, a, a state out West that you have no experience in and to see, I'm thinking of from like from a burn perspective, yep. like yep. to say, sure, Oh sure. yeah, there's a, I, I want to hunt that spot because that looks like that, that burned up three years ago, or I don't want to hunt that spot because that just burned up six months ago or what, you know, yep whatever it is yeah. um or how uh and i don't know if you could see this but if you could see if all the trees were affected by a beetle kill you know like uh, not yet but that's good that's good that's good i'll look into that yeah. um the other thing we do is we offer three other maps inside of the application instead of just one standard map 
we're also ordering new imagery all the time for a small company. We've 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 uh, we've come up with some pretty good mechanisms to get imagery from other sources that we're constantly updating. So we're not just buying one map. There are many maps and many choices. Then we have like an Intel tab at the bottom. Any place you pl place the crosshairs, you'll get that sun up, sun down, the first last light, the moon phase, the moon overhead, the moon underfoot. Um, you'll get the artificial intelligence. You'll get hour by hour weather data. Um, you'll get all of the peak breeding dates and the reading moon dates and all of that stuff for every county in the U.S. Um, then you're able to click through there and see historical wind data. So if you click on the historical tab inside of the Intel tab, it'll show you the wind for an area. And you can say, you know, say you're going to do a hunt in November in West Texas. You can go place that crosshair in West Texas. You can look at the historical wind and you can see, all right, in November, I should be in, in anticipation of a hunt in West Texas in November. I can go to West Texas and see, oh, okay, historically they have a Northwest wind there that time of year. So I'm going to go into that historical tab. And then when I'm doing my digital scouting, I can look for all of the terrain features that would suit um, a bedding situation that is tethered to a Northwest wind. You can see all of the precipitation month by month. Uh, and then there's a polar plot that shows that all to you. And you can go last two weeks, last four weeks, last few months, or you can specify a month, like I said. And then we have an Intel tab in there that goes through like, the amount of public land available in the state, how many hunters there are per square mile, how many hunters there are total in the state. Um, uh, we're going to link in the new update, we'll link the DNR website. Um, there'll be uh, buck to doe ratios, deer population, um, how many harvests there were the year before, as long as the data is reported. Um, the portion of, uh, of the harvest, whether it's 14% archery, 35% crossbow, 6% muzzleloader, and then all of the records that are in that state. And then lastly, you can go into the browse for that state as well. So you can go into, the, and it'll tell you for each time of the year, what the deer will naturally be focusing on. Like it won't matter if you're baiting deer, but if you are looking for natural browser and you're in a public land setting, or you wanna understand what different types of plants are, um, we show all that. And then we're integrating some um, artificial intelligence in the future where you'll be able to pop a picture of these things and it'll tell you what it is and whether or not deer like it. Um, that'll oh. be coming out later. Um, not, 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 not in the next month or so, but, uh, so all of that, right. Gets nested into, uh, that, and then we have the tools for like measuring and property data. Um, yeah. another thing we have is called the property annotation layer, which essentially say you have owned some land that butts up to public land. I can go knock on your door and say, Hey, I hunt this public land over here. Um, can I just walk through your property, get on this public land? So I'm not walking three miles. They can grant you access. If they deny you access, um, if they deny you access, you can mark it red. But then if they sell their property, you'll get an update that says, hey, Cable has sold this property. There's a new property owner there. So go back and try to get access again. So that's the property annotation piece that's in there right now. We have the My Content, which allows you to organize and sort all of the data. Mm -hmm. We have a web map that will be out later this week, maybe next week, that has the same 3D stuff, the same 3D emphasis tools that the other guys offer, all of that type of thing. Um, um, as I said, we have the measuring tools, we have recording tracks, we have the orienteering mode, all of that other stuff that's offered. But then the last thing that we have that I think is pretty cool, um, or not last thing, we also, uh, this update that should be out tomorrow, the next day, will give you the option of 10 or 20 or 30 foot contour intervals on the map. So if, if, if the topology is, you know, needed in one area where you need 10 foot, maybe you're in like North Dakota where it's flat or parts of West Texas or something like that, where it's flat. 
and the third you don't and you want 10 foot so you can really see all of the terrain depressions you can do that or if you're out in you know you know elk Pennsylvania elk county pennsylvania where there's lots of change you can turn on the 30 foot level and then you can understand that um, terrain better um that's all that that's all nested inside of our lambda map so the lambda map uh there's four there's four basic map representations that you can go with um the first one is just a regular satellite map and then if you either push the map button or you swipe the compass you'll go to a uh, map and topo um hybrid if you swipe it again you'll go to just a topo and then if you swipe it again you'll go to this little thing that kind of looks like a triangle it's called the lambda map uh-huh. and that lambda map it. is yeah that lambda map is a fully functional um it's your own map that you can build so one of the things that i hated about other apps was is i would build the custom app but then i wanted to go back and just look at topo so i've got like you know all of these different things overlaid like maybe you have like acorns and then you have um tree types and agriculture and property ownership and it's like okay i want to strip all that away well in most apps it's going to take you two or three minutes of clicking to get back to just that normal map so the intent here was is that you could just quickly slide and go back and look at topo then slide again and go back to your um your fully functional um custom map that you've made yourself so when you're in that lambda map you push the gear button you can pick the map that you like best for your area and then you can pick your overlays and you can pick your contour level and you can adjust the opacity of the lines. And then that is your that is your map. And if you want to switch back and forth with other stuff to quickly look at just aerial, you can do that. Um, and then there's a couple of neat little things like you can double tap the compass and add a quick pin when you're scouting. Or if you long hold on that compass, you can switch the side that it's on. So if you don't want to make a bunch of movement in the tree, um, you can have like basically about 80 percent of the tools are all accessible from your thumb. So you don't have to have two hand functionality for carrying a stand or pulling a deer or whatever. You can bring the map up and get access to your tools and be able to place your pins and all of that stuff with one finger. Um, so that's kind of some stuff that people don't realize when they first look at the app. But then uh, in the next month or so, we'll have a fully uh, integrated high bar, uh, high, um, uh, LIDAR layer that'll give you one meter um, altitude uh, readouts mm-hmm. for 60% of the U.S., and you'll be able to see stuff like tiny little trails on the side of a hill that, you know, there's even b- bigger deer trails or like elk trails you can see on this LIDAR data. It's as high resolution as it gets from a topo standpoint. Um, and that'll be out in about a month. Uh, so yeah, I mean, just there's, there, it's not just a mapping app. There's lots of stuff from a planning perspective. Um, and, and as I said before, it's a targeting problem. And how you solve as a targeting, how you solve a targeting problem is you isolate every variable involved in the planning cycle, and then you account for them, and then you reintroduce them to your planning matrix so that you can make an informed decision. So if you're like, you know, deer in this area don't eat, you're you're referencing the vegetative layer or the vegetation info. In mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, these deer will eat this certain type of thing that they don't eat in North Dakota. Okay, I understand that. Now I'm going to look for it on the map. And then I'm going to say, okay, now I'm going to look at the historical wind and I'm going to see how are they betting in relative to that type of thing. So right now we're kind of whitetail focused. We've got some really exciting stuff coming out for next year. Um, we're associating our, we've, we've, we're doing a big deal with a big company I can't name, name right now. That's going to put us into the Western market. We're doing lots of stuff in the West as well. Um, for are you going to be another- taking that, uh, that anti-2A money? Heck no. <laughs> I'm just messing no. with you. <laughs> no, if I t- if I take any anti two A money, you feel free to go ahead and post this podcast and say that Bill Thompson's a GD liar. 
<laughs> on your uh, your Instagram for all your followers to see because no that yeah. wouldn't happen. But we are partnering with a, a Western company that uh, uh, you know I spent two days with them um, before we did any kind of paperwork, telling them all of the values that I just told you that I have and mm-hmm. that this is where I'm going and I'm unapologetically um, American. And uh, they felt the same way and they were excited to start the partnership. So yeah, it's it's gonna go. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. Awesome, awesome man. Well, super exciting stuff. Uh, I'm taking the app. Well, I take it with me everywhere, but I'm going to use it for the first time on a Western hunt uh, in Wyoming next week. So pumped about that. And I was just playing around with all of the you know, little icons. Um, but if you find a wallow, you can mark it with the wall. Actually, something cool. You said your, your whitetail focus, but if you click on the animal option, you can move from deer. And then there's a, like, so these are the subcategories. Deer where you could get like, you know, uh, buck tracks, uh, bedding area, elevated blind. I mean, anything that would, a, a rub, all of these things, you can mark it with a specific image for that thing, a, a shed antler. Well, then you can click on elk and mule deer, water source, wallow, uh, horse trail, you know, pinch point, whatever. Again, rub. You Then you can go to turkey, turkey gobble, strut zone, I mean, these are just, this is just endless. And then you've, there's an other category as well for fishing or uh, duck hunting. You know, there's all kinds of, I, oh, I saw a coyote here, mark that. Um, so endless opportunity for, for you as far as how you want to categorize the things that you're seeing in the field and how you want to notate those for your own person. And everyone can make their own, you know, this is like your own little Picasso that you're doing uh, on the app. So um, pretty cool functionality there. And uh, I'm really excited to be working with you. And, and it's, uh, you know, I knew, I knew you're a good fit for, for me, uh, just with your background and, and your, uh, I'm just going to call it your unapologetic attitude towards being a patriot. So, uh, I love working with you. Yeah. And I, and obviously I love working with you guys too, and love your show. And I've been listening to it for many years. Um, the, the thing, I, I guess the two points there is, the first is addressing what you're saying about the app. We're actually going to make it a lot cooler on how you inter, um, interact with those icons. Mm-hmm. Essentially we'll have, if you look in the app right now, like under whitetail, you'll see, it'll be like primary scrape. There'll be a community scrape. There's just a scrape and there's, so there's three types of scrape icons. So what we're going to have in the future is, and this is probably going to come out in probably December is you'll be able to just long hold on the scrape icon. And then kind of like, if you use an Apple device, you'll see if you long hold on a thumbs up, you can select like many shades of thumbs up. It'll be the same thing for the icon. So if you select like um, deer or trail camera, then what will pop up above it will be like cell camera, trail camera, bedding camera, rub camera, scrape camera. So you'll uh-huh. have all of those options. So, but the, but because all of those icons are there now, but the point, what I was trying to do with the app in that respect was it could be as simple as you're just going to drop a bunch of Lambda, like our little shield icons everywhere, and you're not going to color code them or anything but you can just drop them on the map or you can get to the nitty gritty where you're actually dropping. Like this is a, this is a cellular camera that is over a scrape. That way, when you're looking at it over the map, um, you don't have to dive in and click and kind of explore and see what that pin was. You just know from the outset exactly what that pin is. So the, the point there with was to try to make it simple for simple people, but for people like me who are psychos that really want to go deep and put as much into the planning aspect as possible, they can do that. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, but, but then to, to echo your second point there, yeah, 
that's that's the company that we are. We are unapologetically American, and we understand why uh, the the why our country is the best in the world is kind of anti the values that we have now. So I I'll keep saying it for people. Um, you know, what, there's two things I would ask you to look at when you're making a choice about what apps or what outdoor products you're using is what is the corporate culture and do they believe in the things that I believe in? I won't give my money to someone who doesn't. I, I won't deal with people that don't that have anti-American agendas. That's kind of first and foremost. But then secondly, uh, most of these app companies, you know, we're on par with the Onyxes and the HuntStand now. We've been in the market for nine months, but we also have all of this other stuff that I just talked about that these other companies aren't even touching. And we're mm-hmm. introducing more like there's a there's a feature called Blue Force Tracker I can talk about later that'll be out in about a month. But what I'm saying is, is I would ask people to look at the trajectory and look at what we've put out in these nine months that we've been on the market and and then make a guess about where they think we're going to be in 18 months. And then and then also note that we're half the price of all of our competitors. So when you want an Onyx with all 50 states of property data for the year, it's 109 bucks. Right now you're getting it from us for 39 bucks. And it's not because the qual- quality of the product's any less. It's because we're not paying fat marketing contracts and we're, we don't have a bunch of buildings and we don't have a bunch of overhead that we need to pay for. Um, we're three dudes coding this and putting this together um, and building it out of right. Like right now I'm where I used to store my wine and my whiskey. Um, <laughs> and that's where I'm building this from. And uh, that's where we're going to continue building it from uh, no matter how we scale, because I like working from home um, and uh, we'll add more people and they can work from home too. So we're, we don't have all that clunky overhead and the huge contracts with people where we're paying the majority of our pro staff, the money that we're raising in these builds and stuff. This is a, consumer focused product that is the best way to say it is Spartan in, in our approach. In other words, we don't, the Spartans are famous because they're highly efficient without a lot of gear. They didn't, they, they, they you could just, you know, th- th- throw 300 Spartans into uh, a battle and they'll come with their spears and their shields and they'll beat the cavalry. They'll beat the elephants. They'll beat everybody else because they're minimalistic and they're not more than what is needed to achieve the mission. And we're doing the same thing with Spartan Forge. Uh, we are not going, we're not the spinning rims company. We're not going to show you, we're not, we're not going to pay, you know, some crazy, uh, you know, $3 million marketing contract to have somebody of some famous person tell you why they should buy this app versus another app. Um, mm-hmm. That will be evident when you pick the app up and you use it. Right. Right. And what, so 39.99 gets you your full membership. Yep. So super affordable for the year. Uh, and, and the web app that will be coming out soon, plus all of the updates. Um, at some point, we're going to introduce what I call the wear features this year. Um, the wear features, basically, you'll be able to highlight a piece of land, um, and it will tell you where you should focus your scouting. Now, again, the purpose here is not to replace hunting or field craft or trade craft or um, bushcraft. That's not the point. The point here is uh, most hunters have full-time jobs, a family, wife, and kids, and they can't scout as much as they like to. So right. the more that we can do digitally before you have to commit time to saying bye to mama or bye to the kids when they're young, before you can take them out with you, um, you've done as much, you've isolated as many variables as you can on the front end before you go out and commit your time. So if you're a, you know, my brother's an electrician, he gets a week off a year. Um, if he wants to be as effective as possible in planning for that week off in his time, uh, he can use the app to do that. So I always, people are you know, I'll read these bow hunting forums because I'm trying to listen to the market and see how the market responds to my product. 
And a lot of them will be like, well, I don't need an app with an AI to tell me when to hunt. I don't respond to them, but basically it's, I'm responding to them here. My app doesn't tell you when to hunt. My app tells you how the deer will be acting on a particular day. Whenever you have time to hunt, if mom is giving you an hour during the rut, I encourage you to take it regardless of what my app says. Yeah. What I'm telling you is how you can expect the deer to be acting that day. So if you think you need to get closer to bedding, you can get closer to bedding if that's what the app's telling you. If the app's telling you they'll be moving a lot and you can lay off, then you do that. Um, I always say, like, we're trying to give people, you know, a lot of guys might have like a grandpa who owns 80 acres and you go hunting with him and he can tell you everything about the deer on the property and how they move. And or if you find like an old rickety deer stand somewhere, you know, somebody risked their neck to go and hang that deer stand and build it with wood and put it up in that tree. So for, from a topographic and vegetative standpoint, it's probably a pretty dang good stand. So yeah. maybe you should yeah. hang your own stand there. That's what I'm trying to do with the app is give you access to like your grandpa who can tell you things that you might not know about deer or distill some information so that you can make a more informed decision. So when I, res- I don't respond to these people on the forums, but I'm not trying to tell them how or when they should hunt. What I'm trying to do is give them as much information as possible so that they can be successful when they step into the woods. Right, right. And I think that's what we all want, right? I mean, we want to be as effective with the limited amount of time that we have because there's one thing for, for, for sure is that the world comes at you fast and American society is, it's nonstop. I mean, there are other societies yeah. in the world where they kind of think we're insane. You You guys work five days a week from... Uh, eight to five. And then on the weekends, you don't take a break because you're, you're chasing your kids around doing six different sports over three kids. I mean, there's a reason why we like vacations, right? So much, yeah. I and, think in this country. Yeah. Uh, and I deal with people like that. I vacation in Europe every once in a while because I have family out there. And there, you know, when I was the first two years of Spartan Forge, my normal day was between 10 and 12 hours. Um, I'm still at about 10 hours right now, but a lot of days I'd get 16 or 18 hours. And then I would talk to people and, you know, they're like, well, that's crazy. Why are you working so much? And blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, A, because I've just retired from the military and I'm doing what I love for a living right now. And I'm getting paid mm-hmm. to do what I'd be doing otherwise. But then secondly, um, we're one of the few countries where you're allowed to pursue your crazy harebrained ideas. And it's why we, it's why we have all of the innovation. It's why all of our, the, cult, the world's culture comes from this place, because we allow people to pursue their dreams. Yeah. I, you can't name a Russian movie. You can't name a Russian band. You can't name a Chinese band. You can't name an Indian band. Uh, you can't name any meaningful art that has come out of those places. You can't name it. The only artists you can mention from Europe are from 200 years ago during the Western Enlightenment period. Yeah. Uh, but when you talk about products and things that are changing the world, it's all coming out of our relatively small country. And why? Because we get to do this shit on our own and we get to pursue our dreams and we get to do all of that and, and, and not worry about... Um, the, th- the things that people need to learn about and worry about in other countries. Um, and that's why this is a great country. And that's why I freaking love it. And why I'm positively, again, I'm going to keep pounding it um, pro American to my core. Absolutely. Absolutely. That you are, there's no doubt about that, my friend, which I appreciate. And uh, I hope that you have an amazing hunting season. Uh, I encourage folks to check out the app, play around on it. Um, I think the, I, I know they're going to love it. I love working with uh pro-american people so we'll just leave it absolutely there. So, yeah uh, thanks, thanks again for your service and uh, thanks for thanks for the time today bill i appreciate it thanks cable all right brother take care all right, all right bye so there you have it bill thompson spartan forge uh, awesome stuff there i love his patriotism and uh, and i love the product too and by the way don't forget 
It's only thirty nine ninety nine, less than half of the competitors. Uh, and and you'll save twenty percent when you use that promo code cable when you check out at SpartanForge.com. I guess you could do it when you download the app too. I don't know, but use that promo code cable. It'll prompt you somewhere and uh, save twenty percent. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. We'll be back to our normal format next week. Hope you all have a wonderful week in the outdoors. Until then, I'm Cable Smith, and we will see you next time. Light on my broken dreams. You pick-